talk a lot about the mental health impact of the lockdown. So many of us are struggling with that. But our healthcare workers, we owe them a lot. Doctors, nurses, uh, physios, cleaners, organisers, administrators, they're on the front line, though. They've done a lot of the heavy lifting. So we've got to look after them. There's a survey now of them, and a ton of them are thinking about leaving. They don't want to do it anymore. The pandemic's been too hard. Listen to these numbers at the Royal Melbourne where they've done the survey. Two-thirds increased anxiety, more than half suffering from burnout, and about a third reporting depression. Natasha Smallwood led the study. She's an associate professor. She's the study lead, and she's a consultant respiratory physician at the Royal Melbourne. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Raf. Been hearing you in the news. Um, why did you do this? Well, we did the study because we wanted to understand what people were experiencing and how much change and how much disruption they'd had. And as I'm a frontline worker myself as a respiratory doctor, you know, these disruption was something I personally experienced. And so we realised that many of us were going through this and we needed to understand what was happening. And so we, we ran this survey, which um, I should point out is actually a national survey oh, of sorry. healthcare workers. National? Yeah. Okay, I guess I should have uh, realised that because there's 10,000 people. Yes. So the numbers thinking about leaving, that, that seems quite high. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is a bit of a surprise. So, in actual fact, we didn't even ask that question in the survey because um, when I was designing the study with my co-lead authors, it, it just didn't cross our minds that that would be something that we would see. And what's astonishing is that response that we're, that we're seeing is people actually writing that in free text answers, so volunteering that information. It's not even we asked it. They're volunteering it. And a lot of people are volunteering that they've kind of had enough and they can't take much more because, you know, the, the health workforce profession is already um, more at risk of mental health problems and burnout than the general population. But you add in a pandemic and significant social change, and it is enough to, to make people decide to leave, which is quite sad. Do you have anything to compare that to, Natasha? Are there other similar surveys so you can say if that's better or worse? So... Ours is the largest study running currently in the world on this topic. Um, there have been other studies which are substantially smaller. Not many of them have actually specifically looked. So, you know, like just like it sort of didn't cross our mind that people would actually start walking off the job or, you know, start thinking about leaving the job. Equally, internationally, this hasn't been something that's particularly been explored, um, nor in previous pandemics. So we know that obviously um, the health workforce is more at risk of mental health problems and suicide. But this idea of leaving the profession is not... Um, particularly well um, established, so it's a relatively new finding. So 10,000 people, our Associate Professor leading this study is Natasha Smallwood. Natasha, those big issues around depression and anxiety, what are they anxious about? Is it their own safety? Is it they are worried about the people they are seeing? What, what exactly do they fear? What exactly is it making them anxious? And that is such a good question, Raph, and we're exploring that data in, in quite a lot of detail. But some of the things that people are worried about, so a key thing that most healthcare workers worry about is actually bringing the infection home, is actually bringing the infection home and infecting family members. 
they're extremely worried as well about the stigma of having the infection because, you know, every time somebody does get infected, everybody knows who it was, where it was. I mean, suddenly when there was um, a cluster at the Alfred, um, it was quite clear to many of us who the person was, even though their name wasn't actually given. But their role was given. And so many people feel almost a little bit um, named and shamed. So the idea that you would be stigmatised, that you would be guilty of being infected, of potentially infecting others, is another one of these really, really important concerns. It's interesting that even healthcare workers think that. You would think they would be the the last people to think that it's in some way your fault if you have the virus. Well, no, absolutely. So, I mean, the reality is nobody would blame another yeah, healthcare worker within the profession. But, but they still that, fear it. They fear it. And they fear it from the community as well. So, mm. in actual fact, those are specific questions we asked about. And they were worried that their neighbours, you know, that the rest of the community might not want to go near them or blame them for getting infected. And some of the other things they're worried about, of course, PPE has been a concern. So, access to PPE, education and training regarding PPE has been a concern. But I think also the other thing is just the fatigue of having to get through a long pandemic with, you know, not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel right now and significant restrictions in Melbourne because, in fact, 85% of our respondents are actually from Victoria, even though it's a national survey, which I think speaks volumes, you know, that's what we've had to go through. But all of these things, all of this disruption, people having to change occupations, all contributing to the anxiety, depression and burnout that we're seeing. How's it been for you at the hospital? Like, just personally, what's the pandemic been like? little bit disruptive. Um, I'm married to another health professional and um, we have three children. So, um, you know, when we went to stage four restrictions for me personally, that meant um, I had to stay home and do all my five clinics um, from, home with the, um, from home with the three kids homeschooling. Not the most enjoyable experience. Can you do when... respiratory stuff from home? Um I think the pandemic has made us realise there's an awful lot of stuff you can do from home. It would be better to do it face-to-face, but the reality is that, you know, needs must, and so we're doing a lot of our clinics from home. And um, the other issue we've got is that patients are obviously very scared about coming to see us and scared about coming to hospital. So, again, it's about providing the care in the best way you can during a pandemic. So, yes, um, good question. It's a little challenging to do a respiratory clinic from home, but it can be done. And I wonder what your experience is uh, with doctors and nurses and everybody involved in healthcare with their views of the pandemic, because I've got a ton of medical people in my life and I've got the incredibly concerned, not enough being done on uh, masks for healthcare workers. I've got the people in the middle who are sort of, oh, yeah, look, you know, getting by, enough's being done. And then I've also got the medical professionals in my life working in hospitals going, they're, they're making way too much of this, they don't need to work, you know, it's, it's an overreaction. Have you seen that? I mean, I know it's a big population of people. Have you seen that sort of divergence of views, diversity of views amongst people who you work with at the hospital? Absolutely. Mm. So there is very much a, um, a divergence of views among my, my colleagues that I work with, but also among you know my, my, my peers and um, healthcare worker friends. Everybody has a slightly different um, take on it. And I think it depends on how much you're exposed to people with COVID and what you actually perceive as your risk. I'm just stunned by the doctors who ignore the rules. Yes. I, I find that surprising. They're doctors. Yes. I think it shows that um, all of us can do the wrong thing at different yeah. times. It's interesting. Very interesting. Now, Tasha, next time you do this, um, I understand it's ongoing. Like, what are, the, what are the things you didn't ask that you want to know the answers to? Well, uh, to be honest, there are most of the things I think we will find out as we continue to analyse the data because, I mean, the data 
I mean, the data set is huge at 10,000, almost 10,000 people. It is absolutely massive. And, you know, it would normally take about a year to analyse all the data and find out all the answers. And we're going to try and do it very quickly, hopefully with the help of the Victorian government, um, to get the answers in three months. So once I've fully listed all the data, I'll tell you if there's something that we've, okay. we've missed out. But at this stage, I think we've got... We've got so much. You know, we've, we've even got what people want the changes to be to mental health to support okay. healthcare workers. So um, there's just so much um, information that we're trying to get through really quickly to answer the questions and, and hopefully develop some of the solutions. And we really are trying to get, like, the last 1,000 people that we would like to, to finish the survey and, and close it. Okay. You don't have to answer this question, okay? You didn't hmm. know you were going to be asked this question. How often do you change your sheets? I was listening to that. No, we change ours every one to two weeks. And I'm horrified that some people vacuum that I don't sleep with my dog either. I'm just horrified by all of that. You're horrified. I was horrified by the only changing your sheets when you changed the battery in the smoke detector. Yeah, that's pretty awful too. Yeah. I know. No. Okay. I think you're definitively in the band of normal at one to two weeks. Thanks for your Thank time. You. Thank you. Natasha Smallwood, she is normal. No, she is uh, an associate professor, study lead, and she's also a consultant respiratory physician at the Royal Melbourne. Didn't realise that 10,000 people in that survey, one of the biggest in the world. Um, significant numbers talking about leaving, significant numbers with depression and anxiety. Um, so it sounds like that's some crucial work. Some of your texts, frontline work.